Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. I'm definitely not as loud as Brian in this microphone, but that's all right. Hey, if you'll open up your bulletins really quickly this morning, uh, there's just a couple things that you need to be aware of. Uh, the first thing is this, is on that Thanksgiving service, we didn't tell you, uh, Thanksgiving Eve service, we didn't tell you what time it is. That's six o'clock here, and it's just a night uh, that we get to come and worship together and uh, spend time. And so, six o'clock uh, on Wednesday night, uh, and then the offering that comes in on that night, it's kind of a special thanks, thank you offering. And so the offering that comes in that night will be going to two different places, our local food bank as well as um, the uh, King's Table in Wolf Point. They're always needing help just kind of feeding people. They, uh, seven days a week, they're constantly doing that. And so uh, come be a part of that great service with us and uh, we'll hang out together. Cool. Great. Couple other things. Uh, one is please be looking in your emails this week uh, for, um, we'll be sending out a email for you guys to sign up to do some bell ringing again this year. And so uh, we're going to be doing that at Shopco. Our weekend, our church's weekend, is uh, December 1st and 2nd. So that's Saturday and Sunday. And we'll be doing that from 1 to 6. And so uh, if you can take a, a one-hour chunk of time, that's what we're going to ask you guys to do. And so uh, that is the 1st and 2nd from 1 to 6. The last thing I have for you on this announcement is that starting December 2nd, uh, we are gonna be doing a love and respect uh, course. It's a 10-week course uh, where uh, we're just gonna sit together, watch a video um, of Emerson Egrich. It's just a great opportunity to look at uh, coming back into marriage a little bit and going, okay, how do uh, women speak respect to their husbands and how do husbands speak love to their wives? And so I say that kind of like it's a really hard thing to do. Um, it is because we don't usually talk like that to one another. And this microphone is really driving me bonkers, but that's okay. Um, uh, we don't usually do that well for one another. And so uh, what's going to be happening on the, se on the second, uh, starting December 2nd, is we are asking you guys to come. At, it's going to be from 4 to 5.30 every Sunday night. If you need childcare. Here's what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to help us, uh, we're going to help, ask you to help us pay for child care. And so we will have child care available for you to come and, and be a part of that. And so uh, for that, for each couple, we're asking for, is it really $30? Is that, or just with kids? $30, great. So that helps cover the books, the DVDs, all that sort of stuff. And so please talk to Jory and Brad uh, about that, and they'll be signing up for uh, the next Sundays for the future to hang out as married couples to talk about marriage together. Okay? Cool? Yes. That covers the ten whole 10 weeks. Great. Awesome. Perfect. So what Jory just said is that's just $30 a couple, and that's not every week. That's just the whole 10 weeks. Perfect. 
Hey, we also want to say thank you to those of you who helped us out with Operation Christmas Child. Um, all of the boxes are packed. Everybody sent them in. If you want to see the wall of boxes uh, go back in there, uh, it is unbelievable. And so thank you for everybody who's helped out with, with that with us. And also one last thing to mark on your calendar, the ladies' Christmas program. Make sure, here's, here's a challenge for you this year, is make sure that you invite somebody Okay, ladies, this is, this is your one time a year where you can just say, hey, I know this is going to be great, a great night of, of just relaxing and listening to great Christmas music and getting our mindset for the real story of Christmas. And so start thinking about who you can invite to come to the ladies' Christmas program. All right? Okay, so... Every week I ask you this, and we're, we're going to go through this again. If there is a three-by-five note card sitting in the, in the seat back in front of you, would you just grab it out? Um, in there is where we ask you guys to write down your prayer requests. Every single week we come together as a church family and do this, and uh, it has been incredibly enriching. Um, we are really stinking close to being able to... Uh, be able to go live with our prayer requests. And so on Sunday mornings, I'm going to ask you to bring out your phones and do that. Uh, but uh, we're still working out some of the kinks and some of the problems with it. But for now, three by five note cards um, is we're asking you just to write down your prayer requests. And you can drop those in the offering plate as it goes by uh, this morning as we take our morning's offerings. There's a couple prayer requests that I have for you. Um, one is if you just continue praying for the Guatemala missions trip, they're going to start going full swing here. Well, actually, they're into their second week. And so just be praying for safety for them, constantly traveling, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then for those of you who really like to pray, uh, right back there, um, if you look back there, there is a poster board with pink sticky notes um, and every single week the sparks um, are coming together and they are writing their prayer requests down on those three uh, on those little sticky notes and sticking them up there and every week uh, we're going to ask them hey how did God answer your prayers um, how, how is he working in your life and so if you want to go back there and see what your uh, little sparky kids are praying for go right down there's a lot of great ones um, in there just uh, loved ones passing away and just different things like that and so please go back there and look at it for us all right and then uh, once again also uh, the flowers that are sitting in front of here are from uh, Nick Pankratz's funeral and so just continue to keep praying for the Pankratz family and the kind of finality of uh, losing a father losing a, uh, a grandfather all of those things and so be praying for them as well would you pray with me this morning God, when it comes to this morning, Lord, and all the either difficulties that took to get here or all the things that are happening in our lives, it doesn't matter when it, when it comes to us sitting down and in your, in your church together as a community and being able to seek you because you are good. And you are gracious to us and that you watch over us. And um, we have no need to really worry, but we still do. God, we are sorry for that. And would you help us to move forward? And would you help us to see you this morning? Because we know you're here. 
God, you have, you have promised that by saying where two or three are gathered in your name, you're there also. And so, God, would we be diligent this morning to, uh, to worship you in spirit and truth, and would we be diligent in opening up your word? And as we walk away <clears throat> from this morning, would we have true gratitude for who you are? Not for what we've done or how great we are doing, but for what you've done and how great you are. And God, for the Guatemala missions trip, Lord, we ask that you would still just continue to give them mercies. They are enjoying themselves down there. And Lord, I just pray that uh, they would be able to love the families well, that they would be able to love the children well, and that they would be able to... Um, see your presence with them as well. And God, for all those prayer requests in the corner, for all the 45 little sparkies that come together on a Wednesday, Lord, uh, I just pray for their hearts that they would desire to be followers of you and that uh, those little prayer requests aren't small requests at all. They're giant requests. And so, God, would, uh, would, we, would we lift all of their prayers up with them? And, Lord, would you show yourself mighty so that they can see your miracles? And, Lord, for the, for the Pankratz family, Lord, I, I just pray that uh, you would continue to um, let them know the truth of the reality of your saving grace on a life. That they know that um, that they know that their father is with God, with you. And Lord, would you give comfort? Would you give peace where it's needed? Would you guide and direct? Lord, we thank you for being an amazing God. In your holy name, we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward this morning. We'll take our morning's offerings and then. Uh, and we haven't done this in a while, so I'm really excited to do it. Um, we have a Gaither video to show you guys this morning while we're taking offering. So here it is. Hey, if you are three years old to third grade, you can head on out of here for Children's Church. And back there, if you just wait in that little foyer area, the teachers will get you where you're going. Or they already know, look at that, they are just running. They're just running right to where they go. Do you ever have one of those weeks where just life catches you by surprise? Um, and you, you kind of just go, oh my goodness, what are we going to do now? And uh, that's kind of what happened this week to me. Uh, I thought we had one more week of doing our worship series because I was loving it so much that people, my preaching team came in. They said, well, what are you going to preach about this Sunday? I'm like, I don't know, um, and this week has been kind of a fun week going, okay, God, um, if I could preach one sermon that would kind of uh, grab our attention to start the week of Thanksgiving, 
um, I just was just like, okay, God, let, let's look at this. And so the, there's an interesting chapter in uh, the Bible, Exodus 16, that we're going to go through. That's going to be very uh, peculiar. You may go, well, how in the heck does this have to do with Thanksgiving? But we're going to get there and have some fun together. But uh, if you have your Bibles, open up to Exodus chapter 16. And, um, and, but before we do that, put your finger on it. I, I want to do something with you. Um, sometimes when we're in church, we kind of forget what it takes to do this place. Um, you know, every single week sometimes I'm maybe sitting in my office going, my prideful, arrogant side sometimes goes, man, I'm holding this thing all together, right? Because that's what I do sometimes. And then other days where I'm like, I just really got to quit. Um, but uh, before we get there, here's what I want to do. If you are a part of the council in our church or if you're a part of the uh, pastor parish, would you, or the trustees, that's the main three bodies of this church, just to let you know, uh, those three. The trustees watch over all of the building stuff. Every single week, if there's snow on the ground, they've got it cleared. If there's people mowing the lawns, it's done. They've got it handled. And so if you, let's do it this way. If you were a part of the trustees, would you just please stand up? Okay, awesome. Now, stay seated. No, no, do not sit down. Do not sit down. Now sit down. All right, so now then there's a thing called the pastor parish. And what the pastor parish does in this church, if you didn't know, is the pastor parish holds all of us pastors in line. They watch after the spiritual well-being of our church. They are concerned about making sure that we are leading you well as well as you growing, uh, growing well. And so if you are a part of the pastor parish, would you please stand up? Awesome, great, thank you. Now... Stay standing. Now, if you're a part of the church council, which, by the way, the church council is just the, 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 uh, how, how, the best way to put it, they take care of all the business end of things. They say yes, no. They look at everything together, and they go, we can do this. If you're a part of the church council, would you please stand up? Okay, now I know that there is some missing. Okay. Now, stay standing. Stay standing. If... If, um, and, and I know that I might make this a little awkward for some of you, so it's okay. Here's the deal. If you are, let's see here, if you come on a Wednesday night and help out with dinners, serving dinners, making a dinner, and or leading someone in Awana, or being a listener in any of those things at any point in time on Wednesday night, even youth group, would you please stand up? Even if you've made dinner once this year. Okay, keep standing, stay standing. If you are a part of the worship team, would you please stand up? Okay, awesome, thank you. If you are, let's see here, there's, there's some more. If you are a, uh, and I know I've missed a couple, if you're a part of the budget team that's gonna be meeting here pretty soon, would you please stand up? Yeah, awesome. There's just one or two kind of pops up every once in a while, okay? How about this? If, you've, uh, if you lead a Bible study somewhere in this town through our church, would you please stand up? Great. Yeah, 
Duches, I know you guys lead a Bible study. Let's go. Yeah. I want to ask one more question. If you have ever, ever dropped, uh, I know that I'm missing someone. Would you please forgive me if I'm missing some? Because I know, like, I see Kyla website, right? Like, yeah, she's been on our website team making things go. And I see Jeremy, who's still not standing because he's helped out with Awana. And I see lots of other things. But uh, uh, what? Yeah, women's group. Thank you. If you were a part of the women's group, would you please stand up? who do things around here for, for the women's ministry. Now here's, now here's a really hard one. If you have ever dropped money in the offering plate at this church on a Sunday morning, would you please stand up? Now here's, man, I just want... I didn't think this would be that hard for me. I just wanna, I wanna tell you something, and please stay standing, because this is where it starts. You have to realize that it's not me in this place. That I, I just get to be able to read the word and be able to say, here, here's what I think. If you look around to each and every one of you right now, around the room, you are a part of making Glasgow Evangelical Church run. That's no small feat. There's some of you that might be new here and you're like, wow, you guys are really weird and strange for making everybody stand up. Do you realize, just, I just wanna let you know something, we have over 982 people in our roster in, that we at least have connected with in the last year through our church. We live in a town of 3,200 people. That means that you are a part of this. And every single week we come, I come here and I go, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And this week didn't catch me by surprise in terms of going, oh my goodness, I'm so fearful. This, this week caught me by surprise because I thought that I was going to go one direction and God had a different plan. Because I want to tell you thank you. You make my job possible, which is to love the community of Glasgow and beyond for the message of Jesus Christ. That is no small feat. And so before we even start the service, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. My family wants to thank you for loving us, for supporting us, for saying that this is your church home so we can do just that. Brian is around the world in Guatemala and he is loving on little orphans and creating a home. You are a part of that. You might still be here, but you're still a part of that. The lady last week, I told the story about taking $100 to Bolivia with me and just me giving it everywhere. And she said she, (laughs) her and her husband talked that night and said, We've never been to Bolivia, but we've been to Bolivia because they were listening to God. Breezy's at home with sick kids. She's trying her best to get them well. And you're a part of that by saying, man, we find that family is incredibly important. 
You're not demanding of her or anything like that. You're just excited to see where things go. And I might make you stand the whole entire service. I'm not going to, but I, I need you to understand that this Thanksgiving starts with an attitude of gratitude. Thanksgiving is actually a, a verb. It's not a noun. It's a verb. It's us giving thanks. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being an amazing church, for continuing to pray for us and to grow with us. We are not perfect. I know how many things we miss. But man, the things that we are being a part of, God is still continuing to bless and move. And I can't wait until, our, uh, until in the new year we get to tell you what God has done through our church. But you guys are phenomenal, and I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. You can be seated. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we dive into this scripture, Lord, would you change our hearts, would you change our attitudes to to look more like you. God, we've, all, we've gone through this worship series of changing our hearts and And allowing them to worship you. And so God, I just pray that we could take a step back in this week and really look at your goodness. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. So last night, um, yesterday, all day long, I was hunting and... Uh, we, we get done, and I get home probably about 5.40 because I still hadn't shot anything by 5. So uh, I get home, and, uh, and my kids were like, what's for dinner? And so I throw together this salad, right? And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, spinach and this. And, and then I was like, we have really good apples. I'm going to throw apples into it, and I'm going to throw some cucumbers into it and, and all of this. And I... And I put it together and set it in front of my little daughter, Sarah, right, who is super cute. And I will do anything for her. And she goes, I, I can't eat, I can't eat this salad. And I said, and I looked at her and said, why can't, why can't you not eat this salad? And I'm thinking she's going to say, like, you didn't ask me what dressing I wanted or anything. And she's like, it has apples in it. I can't, eat, I can't eat these apples. And she loves apples, right? If we let her, she would eat apples all day long. And I looked at her and I said, no. You're, and I, by this time, I'm not very patient, so I have a lot to learn as a father. And I said, no, you're eating the salad. And you can just see these tears well up in her eyes, right? Like, you're going to make me eat a salad with apples? And 
Like, uh, and then Silas was like, well, I'll eat it. And I was like, yes, problem solved. And so I like shoved like half of her salad onto his plate. And I said, you just have to eat this much, sweetie. She's like, oh, oh, I guess I can do it. Which is more about whether she actually doesn't want to eat it because she doesn't like the apples. It's just she, she doesn't want to eat it. She's like me. She would rather eat the hot dogs that were on the plate than the salad, right? And so, um, but I thought about that in terms of where we're at today. Could you imagine for 40 years eating the same thing in the desert? But the next question is, what would happen, what came to the point of having to do that? And I think it's out of, it's out of this idea that we have an attitude of complaining. We have an attitude of discontent, an attitude of worrying that God cannot take care of us. And that's where we find ourselves this morning in, in Exodus 16. And yes, I'm going to read the whole entire chapter with you. And if you don't have your Bibles, it's on, it'll be on the side screen um, as we read through this. And, and I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. And so if your translation is a little bit different, it's okay. Um, this is... This is Something, as I was thinking about having gratitude, I thought about, first of all, where does gratitude come from? And in our current situations, maybe we should look back and say, hey, how did we get here? And also, man, where are we moving in the, in the future? And so, let's read this together, starting in verse 1. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin. Between Elam and Mount Sinai, they arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. Just, just picture this for a quick second. They've crossed the Red Sea. They've seen God fight for them with a pillar of fire at night and a cloud during the day. They've watched all of the miracles that have happened all of the plagues that have happened in Egypt. And here's where they're at right now, one month after leaving. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the God had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. And if you want to underline that in your books, we're going to probably go back there. Well, not probably, we will. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, by evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning for he has heard your complaints against him. What have we done? 
Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Then Moses said to Aaron, announce this to the entire community of Israel. Present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out towards the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them, in the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. I saw like 20 pheasants. I didn't have a shotgun yesterday. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some gathered only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them did. But some of them didn't listen and kept some until morning. But by, by then, it was full of maggots and it had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its needs. And as the sun became hot, the flakes that had not been picked up melted and disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good, without maggot or odor. Moses said, eat this food today, for today is the Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the sixth day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day, so there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out and pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. The Israelites called the food manna. It was white like coriander seed, and it tasted like honey wafers. Then Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Fill a two-quart container with manna to preserve it for your descendants. Then later generations will be able to see the food I gave you in the wilderness, and I will set you free from Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, get a jar and fill it with two quarts of manna. Then put it in the sacred place before the Lord to preserve it for all future generations. 
Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He eventually placed it in the Ark of the Covenant in front of the stone tablet inscribed with terms of the covenant. So the people of Israel ate manna for 40 years until they arrived at the land that they were, were settled. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Cana. The container used to measure the manna was an omer, which is one-tenth of an ephah. It held about two quarts. How, how much do you think they complained about manna? By the way, manna is just the Hebrew word for what is it, okay? So it's unbelievable. I love that. But uh, how long do you think it took them to complain after that? How long? Yeah, probably not long at all. I wonder if they could realize or maybe change their attitude a bit more to an attitude of gratitude. In this chapter, I find it unbelievable that the gratitude can simply be placed on God. Because if there's one thing that I, that I know about this story, and if you guys have read it before and, and are following it, is this, is that God's plans, and here's number one if you're taking notes, God's plans never lack God's resources. Every single time these people turn to something else and they start complaining, they don't realize that God takes care of them over and over again. Chapter 17, they start complaining about water. We have no water to drink. You've let us out here. We might as well die of thirst, right? And then all Moses does is, is strike a rock. But I wonder if we could change our attitudes a little bit with God. Not all of us are sitting in the wilderness wandering around. We're not coming from a, uh, a horrible slave place where we had to make bricks and, and do all of this stuff. We, we actually really don't have much persecution, if, if you will. But in terms of our lives, over and over again, I think we still have huge discontent, we still have huge weary, and we still complain a lot. You see, I think your discontent, our discontent, worry, and complaining is directly proportionate to our knowledge, belief, faith, and relationship with God. You see, Israel hadn't had a relationship with God for quite some time. Sure, there might have been leaders who were, were uh, following him and trying to do what's right, but this is when Moses brings his people out of Egypt and sets them up to be a great nation. But I don't think we're so much different than the Israelites are today. I think sometimes we do get a little sick and tired of <laughs> living the Christian faith. I'm going to have to read my Bible again. I mean, prayer again. And every single day, if you didn't realize it, you have grace raining down upon you every single day. 
Jesus Christ comes and he says, yeah, I died for that. Yep, I died for that. It's, it's out there every single morning. In fact, actually, uh, the Bible also says, your mercies are new every morning for us. To go and grab them and pick them up. But instead, I think we come out, and, and once again, maybe you guys are way better than, than me at this, but there are mornings where I just forget that. I forget that, wait a second, grace has covered me all my things of the past I don't have to worry about because God can bring me into the future. There's been a verse that has been coming back to me over and over again lately um, in terms of gratitude. And it's Proverbs 23, 23. And I don't have it on the screens for you, but you can, you can look it up for yourself. But it says this, and I've, and, I've, and I've preached it to you before. It says, buy truth and do not give it away. Get wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And every single circumstance, I wonder if we could go back and look at the truth of the situation. If God's plans never lack God's resources, then what's the truth? What's the truth in this situation? And God has said it over and over again that he said, I want to take care of you. I want to give you what you need. Do you trust me? Or are you going to continue being discontent, worrisome, complaining people? I love verse 4 through verse 5, and I'm going to read it again. The Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down from heaven for you. Each day, the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. God is sitting there saying, I will take care of you. Whatever situation you find yourself in right now, coming and sitting down, do you realize that? Or could I ask you and, you, and if you sat down, you would just write a laundry list of what you want God to do in your life. And, I'm, and, and I know, I know it's hard. I know we would rather write down, God, I want you to do this for me and this for me and this for me. But as I was thinking about the gratitude, I was wondering if there is a little bit of God asking for a response from us. And as I read this story, that's, that's what he says. He says, hey, I need you to go and pick the food for yourselves, what you need, not more. And he's really not asking you to do less, exactly what you need. And then there are people who I find incredibly interesting who want to have more, right? So they go pick up more than they need. And what happens? It just, it just spoils. Or the people that don't trust God and they hear the truth of God and God's telling them as they're reading scripture and, and doing this, that, man, I, I love you and I will take care of you. And then on the seventh day, what do they do? They still go and look for food because they're worried that they might not have enough.
having an attitude of gratitude means that you realize that God is enough. That God's plans never lack God's resources, and so he is enough for you. But then how do we respond to him then? Because if we look at this scripture, what he's asking us to do is follow his instructions. Having a relationship with him. Realizing that he's walking with us. And so I want to step out of this story a little bit and talk about three things that I think bring us gratitude or show our gratitude in our life. And the first one is this, is that our gratitude of God will show in our prayers. Our gratitude of God will show in our prayers. How, how do you pray? I don't, I don't, I don't need you to answer that. I, I'm just, I'm just curious. Because if you were to look at um, my life this week in my, in my prayer life, I would say that I think that I, I do a lot of telling God what I want. I do a lot of telling God that, man, I really need you to step into this. Yesterday when I was hunting, for example, I really want my son to get, to get a buck this year. And so um, I found myself at the last hour going, God, we really need something, right? But where was I beforehand? Where was I in the morning going, hey, Noah, whatever happens today, we're just going to have some fun. And we're going to pray that God just shows us some amazing things. But instead, at the very end of things, I was just like, wow, look, the day actually did go pretty good. We got to see a couple bucks fighting. We got to, you know, different things like that. We were, you know, just had a lot of fun. But I didn't have the gratitude during it, did I? I had to be introspective, or retrospective, I should say, looking at it at the very end. But what if I was to invite God into it beforehand? Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourself to prayer, to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And when I'm going in the morning, I don't know if it's an alert mind, more or less like, a, hey, God, would you just clear the cloud out of my mind? Or do I see the mercies of God every single day and, and I go, God, thank you so much for what you're doing for me? Do I have a thankful heart? Or do I just assume that everything that I have is, is because I have done it that way? How many, just, just as an example, this is just a really silly thing. How many of you guys thank God this morning for a car that started? Because I guarantee that when it didn't start, you're probably like, God, I really need you to start my car, right? It's a silly thing. And there are some of you that I do know that maybe your car is on the last leg and you're like, thank God it started. I don't know. Or maybe you are amazing and, man, man I am so thankful for this. I asked my grandma how, my great grandma, who's 105, I asked her how she gets to church. She got to church when she was younger. Hey, we used to hook the team of horses together, put all the blankets on the sleigh, and just, just ride into town, or into church. 
three miles away. Some of you in this room probably actually did that. I'm not calling you old. Does your gratitude show up in your prayer life? Or does it show up just only when God gives you what you want? Philippians 4, 6-7 says, This is beautiful in prayer. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guide your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When I said earlier that your discontent, worry, and complaining is in direct proportion to your knowledge, belief, faith, and your relationship with God, this is what happens in prayer is that we know that God can take care of our needs. And we can tell him our needs, not necessarily all of our wants. But then the peace, you realize that the peace, we don't have to worry about anything. His peace overcomes us. So I'm curious, how's, how's your prayer life? The second thing I think as we take a step out of this story, because I, I, in the whole entire story, actually we're going to step back into it. Sorry, I, I skipped over. As we go back into the story, not a single bit of their relationship with God was about praying to him. It was about complaining. If you didn't catch it, I tried as much as I possibly could to say how much they complained. They had watched God walk with them. And they were complaining the whole entire time. Instead of looking for his provision. I don't know how God would have done it differently. As I read the story, I kind of had these dreams about, well, what if God, like, what if God, if, if they would have just said, hey, God, we, we're struggling and we need you to provide food for us. What if God would have been like, man, I'm going to show you what fajitas are right away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a five-course meal for you every night, but instead you guys have to eat this manna and quail. And I'm sure there were spices and all this different stuff, but I'm wondering if God would be like, oh man, it's going to be a different food every day for the next 40 years. I, I don't know. But it was pretty clear that they did not trust God, and instead they wanted to put blame on everything else and not pray to him. The next place where I think our gratitude shows up is that our gratitude of God will show in our obedience. That verse back in Exodus over and over again just keeps ringing that God is looking to test people to see whether they will follow my instructions. He gives pretty clear instructions. Would you look out and do these things? This whole entire book right here is an instruction manual. If God takes care of us and we know he meets our needs, now we come to the place of going, okay, God, I want to be obedient to you. Matthew 26, 41 
says this. It says, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. This verse comes out of Jesus sitting in the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. And as they're sitting there, he's asking them to pray with him because he knows what God is asking him to do. He knows that he has to go to the cross. And he is sitting there in prayer asking God to give him everything he needs. But I love what he says. Keep watching pray so that you will not give in to temptation. There is a correlation between our prayer life and our obedience and our willingness to be with God. Prayer is not simply just sitting down and just saying whatever comes from our lips. That's also prayer, but knowing the word of God and asking him to help you with it so that we're not, so we're not giving in to temptation. Because our spirits are willing, but our bodies are weak. Last week I talked about Jesus being tempted in, uh, being tempted by Satan after he came out of the desert. And in every single circumstance, he decided to be obedient to God. And I think that our attitudes of gratitude shows up in that. When we don't have a heart of gratitude, we simply do whatever we want and we hope that God forgives us later on. Do we desire to be obedient to him? Because left to our own devices, we will be people that keep bringing in more food than we need for the day. Or we go out and try to collect when God has already told us, wait a second, you don't have to do that. I've already provided for you. Let's bring it into today's terms. How many of you guys just worry tons about what tomorrow brings? How are you going to do this? How is this going to happen? How are we going to pay for this? What's going on here? But what if God is just simply asking us, would you please just be with me? Would you please understand how I take care of you? Now, it doesn't mean we just sit back and just watch God do whatever. No, it means that we walk in obedience. Do you wake up in the mornings and go, God, what do you have for me today? Is there somebody in your workplace that you know that God is asking you to, and I, and I know that I'm kind of going into the next one, but that God is asking you to, hey, you, you might need to work with a little bit. Is there something you are doing as a husband or a friend that you should not be doing and you know it's wrong? And you keep wondering why things are slipping. And you want to do what's right, but you haven't taken that step. God's resources show up and they're there for us to grab. Are we being obedient to do them? And the last one is this, is our gratitude of God will show in our relationships with one another.
Our gratitude of God will show up in our relationships with one another. 1 John 4.19 says this, we love each other because he first loved us. We love others even when they're unlovable. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if Moses and Aaron ever just wanted to say, all right, we're done, we're good. Moses, like Moses was talking to Aaron and say, hey, we can just leave. We got them out of Egypt, we're good. But they realize that all of them are walking life together. And I know they're complaining, and, and yeah, you're complaining against me, but really, ultimately, it's against God. You don't trust God to take care of things. And so they are in relationship with others, and they're trying to love them their best. Or how about those people who went out to the fields and tried to grab more stuff on, on the Sabbath day? How many people do you think were out there just going, you're an idiot. God told us that we are not supposed to go do that. Or could they have simply said, hey, do you remember that God takes care of us? Encourage one another. It's classic Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 and 24. Man, en encourage one another daily. Push each other on. Or do we get in the cycle with other people and do we start just going, yeah, my life sucks too. Are we just complainers, discontent and worrisome people? Or do we spur one another on towards good deeds? And so Thanksgiving is coming right around the corner. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Thanksgiving is coming right around the corner. And I know what's going to happen is, is you guys are going to make a huge spread because um, that's what we all do. Some of you might make a little bit less. Some of you might make a little bit more. And then there comes this point in time where right before we sit down for the meal, what do we do? We, we pray and we give God our thanks. I wonder if beforehand that you guys all week long could be thinking about how God has blessed you. I had somebody come into um, my office this week and they were just like, man, I'm really worried about, <laughs> about my life going in the future. I'm really concerned. I wish God would take care of this. And I looked at them, and uh, they were maybe a little bit older, and I said, in all of your years of life, has God ever, has ever not given you a place to stay? And they thought about it, and they were just like, well, um, man, I, I haven't, I've, I've slept outside before. I said, yeah, but you're still alive, right? Like, did you freeze to death? No, I, I didn't freeze to death. I said, has there ever been a moment where you have literally starved? And I thought back of it. They gone, well, I maybe went without a couple meals. And I said, hold on a second. But you haven't starved, right? And they were like, no, no, I haven't starved. And I said, have you ever 
ever had to go a day in your life walking around naked? Have you been clothed? And they said, well, yeah, I, I've, I've been clothed. And I said, so what, what are you worried about? What's the, what's the worst thing that could happen to you? And they, and they brought back, well, I'm just worried. I said, no, what's the worst thing that could happen to you? And they, they gave me something that, that you know, maybe, maybe they found themselves in, in the not place that they wanted to be. And I, and I looked at them and I said, really, the, the one thing that you should be the most concerned about, the worst thing that can happen to you, is that tomorrow you die and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That you don't know where you're going. Because even in death, God still takes care of us. And so I, I want you guys to realize this. That in this week of having an attitude of gratitude, would you please start with the fact that God was gracious enough that in the midst of your complaint, your worry, your discontent, Jesus Christ has come to say, I love you, and I want to give you an eternity and a hope. And that's what we have, and that's where it all starts. Because I wonder if Israel could have seen that, that God was creating something in them, but instead they were worried about now. And God says, I've already got that taken care of. So when you sit down with somebody this week that you appreciate, would you please just tell them you appreciate them? When you're with God this week, would you just please tell him, man, that you are thankful for his grace? But then would you ask him to give you what you need to be obedient to him this week? Would you ask him to search your heart and to see if there's any offensive way in you? And would you ask him to lead you in the way everlasting? And this song we're going to sing is called, I Surrender. Not some, I don't surrender some, I surrender to God what you're doing in my life. And would you be willing to take that next step forward and man, sure, I don't want you to worry about it. I want you to know that he has you. Maybe this week you need to listen a little bit more and, and God might tell you, go and talk to this person. Will you be obedient to that, and will you see the fruit that comes out of that? And do you really surrender, because this is where gratitude starts. So let's sing this song. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.